1: I just played Doctor online. Uh, well, uh, way back in December of 2019, right here on this show, I think it was the, tw- uh, I think it was the December 21st show, 430, some some shows, 30, 437 maybe. I don't know. I'll link to it in the show notes so you can. Check it out when you check the show notes, which you do by going to dimland.com and you click on the show notes option and you'll find it. This was back in the before times. I had made a prediction. Um, I had, but first I started with an observation that <clears throat> fearless loser, President Trump, had joined an exclusive club. Um, he was one of only three American presidents to have been impeached. Uh, and at the time, I made uh, well the observation that not only was he part of that exclusive club with three members, uh, Andrew Johnson being the first American president to be impeached, Bill Clinton was the second, and uh, Donald Trump was the third. Richard Nixon was nearly impeached, but back in ni- in 1974, we had adults in government, and Republicans went to the president and said, "You're not doing this to the country. You're not doing this to the party. We are going to convict you." These were Republican senators went and talked to him. We will convict you when those articles of impeachment are, you know, come before us. Uh, so. Do us, all, do us all a favor and resign and he did. But that's when we had adults running the show. Uh, or at least the Republicans had adults in their party and and uh, so it would have been the, he would have been the fourth president, but Nixon saved us that trouble. So the other exec, uh, exclusive club that Trump joined was a club that was two members in it. And that would be Bill Clinton and Trump, and that was the club of American presidents who had been elected to the presidency. Andrew Johnson was not elected president; he was elected vice president. He assumed the office after Abraham Lincoln had been assassinated in 1865, April, I think. So, um, so that's a ex- super exclusive club with only two club with only two members, and both of them, all three of them actually, were acquitted by the Senate. Uh, And interestingly enough, one of the articles of impeachment that was drawn up against Andrew Johnson, way back in 1860-whatever, was that um, he had insulted members of Congress, called them names. Essentially, they they say it in more flowery language, but I think that's essentially that's what they were saying. That was one of them. (laughs) Uh, Times have changed, haven't they? Well, anyway... (laughs) uh, so that super exclusive club of two guys, uh, Trump was going to enter, an, a third ex- exclusive club. And this was my prediction. My prediction was in December that he uh, would that he was impeached. We knew that at the time, and that he would, and that my predicted he would be acquitted by the Senate, which was not a difficult prediction to make. It was a pretty easy, pretty you know, uh, pretty safe bet that. He was going to be acquitted. But my other prediction was he was going to be re-elected. So he would have been the only American president elected to office, impeached, acquitted, and then re-elected. And if it were not for the pandemic, this is the silver lining of the pandemic. So we get rid of an incompetent, fascist, dictator, king, wannabe... Fellow, the worst person we could have possibly put in charge of our country, Uh, you know, with what was going on, Um, you know, if 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 he had, if when the pandemic came rolling around, if he had said, listen to the medical people, listen to Dr. Fauci and Dr. Birx, listen to them do what they say, when the CDC said, you know what, cloth masks are good, you should wear them, and he said, everybody should be wearing masks, it's a good idea, it's simple enough, it's patriotic, you're helping your neighbor, we're Americans, we pitch in, we can do this, if he'd have done stuff like that, instead of suggesting that maybe somehow we could get bleach into us, now he didn't, well, I've got something I'll talk about later in the show, but. Uh, You know, he, he did not say we should inject or ingest bleach. He just was thinking, is there something about bleach that we can get inside of us somehow? And, like, the sunlight kills, the UV rays kill... Uh, viruses is there somehow something he was spitballing and then of course later he said he was joking but if he had stayed away from that if he didn't say it'll go away with the heat if he wasn't downplaying and if he was if he said take it seriously listen to what we're being told by the medical people wash your hands keep your distance wear your masks and avoid getting together in large groups stay home we'll we'll get through this we might not have seen nearly as many dead people as we have now and i think depending on, on how it's calculated I think we've surpassed the amount of the number of Americans that died in World War II. I think we have. Now I saw a number being four thousand seven hundred. Uh, no, not four thousand. Four hundred seven thousand had died, and I don't know if that's if that includes some something other than uh, combat dead, you know, disease from from war, that kind of dead. Um, I don't know if it does because I saw some other number that said it was just under 300,000. So, I don't know. But if it's just under 300,000, hey, guess what? We surpassed it in less than a year when it took just about four years for us to lose that many dead in a war. Way to go. But if he had done all that stuff, if he had not been who he is, said follow the science, he'd have been reelected again. He would have been. He would have been re-elected. He just didn't, it would have happened. I, I think it would have happened. But anyway, so that was my prediction. My prediction was he was going to go through all that and still be re-elected. But the pandemic and him being the person that he is, he lost the election. And then, of course, I talked about it last week, the attack on, this, on the Capitol. Was it rioters? Were they seditionists? Were they insurrectionists? I've heard them called all of them. Thing those things. Uh, the, the chiefs of staff of the military in a in a joint statement meant said they were it was sedition, sedition and 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 you know, insurrection that's what they they used those words in their statement so i don't know. i'll 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 take their word for it but whatever it was it was fomented by the president all those years, him being in office and just the kind of guy he was. And then when he lost the election, you know, saying that the election was going to be rigged. And, say, and then when he lost the election, saying it was rigged and it was stolen and all that. Never conceding, never saying it was a free and fair election and that Biden won fair and square. Never doing that. And that's what led to, you know, it all went together. It all snowballed into what we have happened there. And now we're on tenterhooks. What are we going to see with the inauguration coming up with Joe Biden? Uh, what's going to happen and all that kind of stuff. but um, So I was wrong about that exclusive club that he would be in by himself. But he did get into an exclusive club that I hadn't thought of. Uh, I kind of hoped for it at some point because I often said on the show, I think I've said it at least a couple of times, and I know I said it on Facebook a few times, let's impeach him again. Hey, and they did. He was impeached again for inciting an insurrection. Uh, so, it's, it's uh, I, I want you to check out this uh, uh, YouTuber, his name is, he goes by Legal Eagle, he's a lawyer, he examines things, he'll do stuff like, he'll look at uh, the movie My Cousin Vinny and he'll, he'll evaluate the the, how accurate law is portrayed in the movie how accurate a court case is portrayed. And he'll do other movies like that and talk about it. But he'll also do serious topics and, and such. And so he's been doing stuff about Trump and uh, what's been going on. And one of the videos, and I'll link to it in the show notes, uh, it's about a 20-minute long video where he talks about uh, if the president, uh, if he was uh, responsible for the, the, the riot, did he incite the riot? Was it, you know, could he be impeached for it? And so he, so this legal, legal—I don't know what his actual name is—goes through all this stuff, and he starts talking about case law, and you know, bringing up you know First Amendment uh, cases that went before the federal courts and went to the Supreme Court, and decisions were made. He looks at the Constitution, what it says, how it's been interpreted over the years, uh, and such those kinds of things. And while I was watching, I was thinking, huh. Is he going to say that? Well, he's not really. It's not really uh, impeachable. Was it? Is that, was is that where he's headed? Because it seemed like he kind of was headed that way. Because it just. But he was making uh, the best case he could for you know um, what we know through the legal system and how, what's gone before. But he's, he was just setting it up how it's going to be difficult and all that kind of stuff. But he also did finally bring in this idea. That he said, "Well, Congress has a a broader uh, uh, set of powers. Or they 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 can they they're they're not as uh, under the specific rules like the court system is. So they can take a broader approach to this sort of thing." Um, he also talked about how the context of the moment, what was going on, what other people were saying in the moment. Um, and it's, he just um, he boils it right down to, well, before I go say that, he, a friend of mine, uh, uh, the, the, the person that they are, uh, their significant other, uh, was asked by my friend... Well, what do you think of this this impeachment? And his partner said, Well, I, I I don't say see that he said anything that was really really you know bad. What did he say? It's just and and when we were talking when my friend and I were talking about this, I said, Well you you know, there's the context, the the full moment of it, like I talked about last week, it was just building up over you know five years you know with the birther stuff and all this this conspiracy mongering he had done and and just you know dividing everybody and ginning things up and then he gets there after two months worth of saying that the election was stolen and these people believing him, believing every word he says, uh, they just you know it's the context there. So what legal legal concluded and I this might spoil for you watching it, but watch it anyway, he does say uh, he says uh, in fact, I'll quote him he says, if this is not impeachable, nothing is. So check it out. It's on the deal. Uh, we, the impeachment process that took place, they put it together pretty quick, and they they, they you know they were hoping that uh, Mike Pence would get the cabinet to <clears throat> Trump's cabinet to uh, agree to doing the 25th amendment. You know, removing the president for, I think it's like four days he could be removed. He could make arguments why he shouldn't be removed. But he would lose, you know, he would lose his position for a few days. And and they could just keep, keep him out, I guess, somehow. But uh, Pence said he wouldn't do it. And so uh, Nancy Pelosi went ahead with the impeachment articles. And this time, as different from the end of 2019, this time... Ten Republicans went across the aisle and said and, and voted for the impeachment articles. Um, they had had enough. They'd seen enough. Um, and and really, Liz Cheney, who's the daughter of Dick Cheney, very conservative. She's the third-ranking uh, member of uh, of the House of Representatives. She was very unequivocal about her her decision to impeach the president. So he's been impeached. you got 10 Republicans that come over, and then you got all these other Republicans that are arguing against doing it, saying, well, we need unity. Some of them were saying that. We need unity. And you guys are doing something terrible. And the whataboutism. Well, and, you know, the Black Lives Matter, all the rights that said, that was worse than this kind of stuff, and blah, 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 you know. Uh, you just look at them, and, and I want to say, um, gentlemen, ladies, when you walked into the Capitol to... Uh, to, to debate this impeachment. You walked by National Guards uh, stationed in the Capitol. You walked by them in the Capitol building, in the rotunda. National Guards men and women in there. You had, I think, I think there's some National Guards women in there. I think there are. You had National Guards troops in Washington, D.C., all over the place. There's like fifteen thousand to twenty thousand of them there. You walked into that. You walked by that, and you're thinking, "Nah, we shouldn't impeach." Nah, you think that if if uh, if Trump had done what Hillary Clinton did, uh, uh, except it wouldn't have been right away. It would have been uh, uh, she she conceded the day after the election in the mid morning or something. She conceded. If Trump had conceded the day after it was figured out that, that uh, Biden had won, that Sunday, because it was on a Saturday after election, that Sunday, if he had done that, said congratulations, it's now my job to work with uh, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris to help make a smooth transition of power, it's now, if he if had done that, do you think there would have been a run on the Capitol? Do you think that would have happened? Of course it wouldn't have happened. I mean, I I suppose I can't say absolutely it wouldn't happen, but for Pete's sake, so that's I just looked at that. It's how can you walk by? You're you're heading into your place of work, and there are soldiers in there to protect you and the capital from crazy people. I'll have more to say about the crazy people. When I, well, one in particular, but some others, uh, when I come back from my break. You're listening to Dimland Radio on the Z Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dimfitz Simmons. I shall return. You're listening to Z-Talk Radio, the number one choice for music, sports, news, and talk radio. So keep that dial locked to ZTalkRadio.com.
0: You're listening to Z-Talk Radio's Red-Headed Stepchild. It's Dr. Dim on Dinland Radio on the Z-Talk Radio Network.
1: You know, if I can maneuver into a tight parking spot at the mall, I'm pretty much sexually satisfied. And I've been to the mall twice today already. You're listening
0: to Z Talk Radio Network. Done before, time and time again. Watching the go round,
1: another week's season. Welcome back to Dimland Radio here on the Z Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dimford And so some of the crazies Going on there that there are people being arrested, they're being identified and arrested. Those that did the attack. Uh, but there's one fellow in particular. Uh, and i think you'll you'll recognize he's the, he's the you know the grand Poobah of the order the royal order of buffalo water buffalo is that what it was uh, he's the, he's the guy that was wearing the viking helmet you know the fur helmet with the 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 horns and he's got the you know, kind of fur hanging down over his shoulders and he was wearing a crushed velour you know tan lounge pants and he's bare-chested with the uh, goofball tattoos and he's got his face painted red, white, uh, red, white, and blue, and he's he's in there, you know, doing his thing. And uh, he's been identified. He's he's a fellow that's I guess he's a, vo- a voiceover actor. Um, his name is Jake Angeli. I think I got the name right. Calls himself the QAnon Shaman. <laughs> well, he got arrested, and his mom came out and said. Your son needs to be fed organic food or he's going to get sick. Really? Which, is, which may be why Trumpers are now saying that he's Antifa. Because it does seem kind of incongruous for someone who's a Trump supporter to be an organic food type person. That's generally, you know, well, that shows you that stereotypes aren't always right. Uh, or maybe maybe uh, may, may often wrong. I, you know, it's just it just sort of seems not uh, something I'd expect from a, a virulent Trump supporter to be an organic foodie. I gotta be, I gotta eat organic food because that would seem more like somebody that would support, uh, you know, Bernie Sanders or Elizabeth Warren. It's, it just seems more crunchy than than uh, than conservative. And anyway, so of course you know the organic food stuff. It's a lot of it's bullshit. A lot of it is a lot of the claims about the food that it tastes better, that it's healthier. It's not. It's no different than conventionally grown food. It really isn't. It's more expensive. It takes uh, you can't grow as much of it. And if we went all over to you know we switched over to organic food. Organic farming completely to feed the feed the planet. Well, about a third of the planet would have to die because we wouldn't be able to produce as much food as we can conventionally. But you know, it's one. Of those, I'm reminded of the scene uh, uh, of, a, of a of a of a sketch that was in the Mr. Show. I don't know if you guys watched the HBO special or that special, the series eight, uh, Mr. Show. It was Bob Odenkirk and David Cross, and these other comedians. Uh, they put on this the sketch show that's really funny most of the episodes are on YouTube and there's one in there where there's a there's a heavy metal band that uh, called wicked scepter I think that's the name of the band and uh, they have a, a sex tape from a party uh, that they that that got out into the out into the world this is mid 90s late 90s series and the the tape uh shows the band members um enjoying each other, they're all male, enjoying each other sexually. and and that was shocking at the time. You could you guys never told us you were gay we're not gay, we're not gay. They're looking at the video and they're thinking, yeah, let's go with that party. look at it look at this party. And so the this fellow that's like their PR guy says guys or their manager says, guys, I'm gonna take this tape. He takes it out of the, the videotape out of the machine. It's the videotape they were watching of their party. And he go, puts it behind his back, reaches around, grabs it with his other hand, and takes it out from behind his back. And says, "And replace it with this gay porno," and he puts it in the machine and plays it. And it's the same tape, of course. And the guys are doing something else, and they're all ew, ew, ew. And he says, "Guys, that's you." And they said, "All right, yeah." And they get all excited about it and happy, and it's 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 a fun sketch. I think the show's I think the show's great. Uh, anyway, so I'm reminded of that, and I thought maybe he'll. I don't know how they feed the prisoners in prison, <laughs> but let's just say uh, you got the guy wheeling, you got the prisoner that hands out the food. He's wheeling the cart down the <laughs> to the to the each cell. I doubt that's how they do this, and he's got the all the food on there. And now they did petition the courts. Uh, this this you know Jake did petition petition the courts to get organic food and i guess the court said okay fine we'll feed you organic food so i'm just picturing this dude's walking down with the cart with the food on it goes to jake's cell and he says all right here's your food and he, he hands in the plate and, he, and jake says oh it's supposed to be organic isn't that the, is that organic and this, oh that's right that's not the organic and takes the plate back takes the tray out puts it you know where jake can't see it and then, then pretends to grab another tray and brings it this one's the organic food gives it to him he eats it he's fine just tell him it's organic. He, he'll be fine. Anyway, I thought that was interesting about the guy that uh, that he's he just has to eat organic food or he's gonna get sick. Uh, there's another crazy person that's uh, that's uh, bubbled to the top. Now she's in a position of power. She's a congresswoman. She just got elected. She's a Republican, of course, from Georgia. Her name is Marjorie Taylor Greene, and and she's a QAnon follower. Mm. So we got we got at least one QAnon admitted QAnon follower that's elected to office. That's really great. That's 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 uh, th- what could go wrong, right? She's announced. It's, it's like this past week. She announced that she's going to bring articles of impeachment against uh, Joe Biden the day after he takes the oath. And I think she she said abuse of power. She's uh, whiz. Uh, he hasn't he doesn't have power yet. He won't have power until after noon on the 20th, noon Eastern time. He's it's After he's sworn and he won't have the power. <laughs> How will you have abused it? You're just planning Well, he's gonna. Uh, now the Republicans were saying that that's what uh, the Democrats did um, yeah, with Trump. That they wanted to impeach him right away. And Democrats were saying the same thing about Republicans. They wanted to impeach uh, Obama right away. It's, 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 it's Everybody's gotten impeached crazy lately. But if Obama, uh, but if Biden does something that's impeachable, well, no, eh, well, then you get you got that's the process. Uh, but there's a there's a new conspiracy theory going on now uh, that came up fairly quickly about this whole thing, and that it's all a f- false flag. See. It, it, it's, a, it's a it's a false flag it's a, it's, it's a phony operation that was put on to for what end I don't know and I had some Facebook friend who I went to high school with and he sent me a private message with this video link and I looked at the preview and it shows false flag and they got circles drawn on something like that this is this will show you a video and I said I just sent him back a message saying stop sending me this shit. And he got back to me, and he said something about, "Oh, Mr. Skeptic, well, I thought you were supposed to have an open mind and all this." And I said, "I do have an open mind. It's just that it's not so open that my brain fell out." You know, this is bullshit. It's just like... So, what I think—this is just me speculating here. I know I'm not a psychologist. I don't know. I don't know. Could be wrong, but it seems to me that that uh, I, I should ask him, I suppose. But uh, my friend, who sent me the false flag thing. On the day that it was happening, I have a feeling he was taking great pleasure at watching his fellow patriots his fellow patriots storm the Capitol, calling for revolution. It's seventeen seventy six. Trump should be king Wait a minute. King? Seventeen seventy six Doesn't exactly match. Now of course they didn't call for him to be king, but if Trump came out in front of his, his followers, he'd say I should be king. They'd all look at each other say, like, pause for a second. Yeah, yeah, you should be king. Yeah, king, king, long live the king. America needs a king. Right? I think they would. I could be wrong. So, what I think happened they, that, uh, that my friend and others like him watched all this craziness going on with glee, much like the president has reportedly uh, watched it. He was thrilled, his pants down around his ankles, just loving every minute of it. Uh, I, I'm adding some of that. But, so these folks, they watched it happen, and then the consequences started to fall. Then come the consequences. People are getting arrested. <gasps> ooh, people died. Whoa, one of them was a cop. Oh, we're supposed to be supporting cops, aren't we? Ooh, uh, what well, uh, you know what? It was Antifa. Antifa snuck in there. They snuck in with them. They They were the ones that did the instigating. It was Antifa. Uh-huh. Yeah, sure. Well, and so that's that's that. What's his name? You know, the the QAnon shaman. He he's actually Antifa. He's not. He's not. He's not a Trumper. No, no. He's a, he's Antifa. And it's and he's looking at him saying, what? What? No, no. I'm you know. Come on. I'm Trump. I'm I'm a Trump guy. You know. <laughs> and and then and then comes the false flag. Because they can't. Yeah. You know, they, they they. That's how they. I think that's how they deal with that cognitive dissonance when they saw that. You know. They they see. Uh, police officers being beaten with uh, you know, uh, poles that had American flags attached to them. Uh, somebody throwing a, what looks to be a, a fire extinguisher, hitting one cop in the head, at least the guy had a helmet on, and then banging off and hit another guy. It's just... There was a guy in there with zip ties. What were we going to do with them? And I think I said this last week. What did they plan to do? What if, 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 if they got Nancy Pelosi, what would they have done? If they got Mike Pence, what would they have done? And if and if they'd gotten Mike Pence, let's say they did. Let's say they got Mike Pence and they killed him. Would the Republicans still, when they came to do the impeachment, when things were settled down, and they came to do the impeachment, would those Republicans still say, yeah, you know, this is going to divide the country even more. You look at the vice president was killed. Well, well you know... I don't know. Speculation. I know. Just speculation. But I think that's what happened. I think they saw it at first, loved it, and then the consequences came to be obvious to them. And they said, oh, uh, well, uh, false flag. Let's call false flag. uh, I had a meetup with uh, the Minnesota Skeptics uh, on a Zoom Conversation and one of the uh, people there asked the question What's the difference between a skeptic and a conspiracy theorist? And I chimed right in and I said, The difference is a skeptic will change their mind when presented good evidence, a conspiracy theorist will not. If you can, if you present them good evidence. That their conspiracy theory is wrong, they will just twist that into evidence for their conspiracy theory. If you tell them that there is no positive evidence for their theory, it doesn't exist. The fact that the evidence doesn't exist will be taken as evidence for their conspiracy theory. They, they, they just will—they'll twist themselves around as many circles as they can—and uh, to, to hold on to that theory. But a skeptic, practicing skepticism properly, you know, being open to being wrong when shown good evidence to the contrary will change their mind so that's the basic difference between a conspiracy theorist and a skeptic a conspiracy theorist might think of themselves as being skeptical you know they think 9 11 was an inside job they're being skeptical of the story that's that's the the standard model explanation for what happened on that day they're being skeptical but when skeptics and physicists and all sorts of people that start telling them, no, this is what happened. This is the evidence for what happened. This is why you, what you think is wrong. They'll just they'll, no, no. You know they'll hold on to their conspiracy theory. You know. So that's that's the difference between the two. Um, a good point was made by somebody on Facebook about this whole thing. Uh, and it was shared, and I and I don't, you know, I don't know who it came from. Uh, it was uh, some other skeptic that I know shared it, and I, so I don't know who originated this idea. But it's it goes like this: if you're at a protest and you're protesting something that the government's doing, or you're you know you're protesting, and you're in a crowd, you're shouting slogans and waving flags and stuff like in signs and all that kind of stuff. But you see, in the crowd with you, supporting your side, is somebody waving the Confederate stars and bars, the, the flag, you know, the, 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 the Confederate battle flag. You see them waving that flag, all right, okay, you see that, and then you look around, and you see another guy, and I may have mentioned these guys last week, you may, you, may, you see another guy wearing a, a hooded sweatshirt that has uh, the words Camp Auschwitz printed on the front of it, also protesting on your side, Okay. Over there, and then you see another person wearing a T-shirt that's got the it's got the the uh, it's got six uh, six M W E printed across the front, and the six M W E stands for six million weren't enough. Uh, if I had mentioned this last week, I'm repeating myself. I know, but uh, that what that means is six million weren't enough. That means the six million Jews that were killed in the Holocaust during World War II were not enough. You see that person wearing that shirt. And you should look, and you go, huh? Uh, Confederate flag, Camp Auschwitz, six million weren't enough. Hmm. Um, am I on the wrong side? Are we the baddies? To quote uh, uh, David Mitchell, I don't know if you've seen that bit. There's a, there was a show on British television uh, called uh, uh, Webb and Mitchell, or Mitchell and Webb, or something like. this. these two uh, comedian fellows, very funny, and they would do a sketch show, and they had one where they're 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 their SS officers in a, in a bunker, and David Mitchell's playing the one saying, have you looked at what we have on our hats? We have skulls on our hats. And the fact that they have skulls on their hats. And he just says, are we the baddies? I mean, who puts skulls in their uniform? What, what, is, what is that? I mean, unless they're the Punisher. But that's comic books, that's something different. So, yeah, if you find yourself in that company... You might want to rethink the basics of, or, or the the uh, the ideals you're you're expressing. You may want to think to yourself, I think I might be on the wrong side here. Maybe. Uh, I think I'll take my next break. Uh, you're listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I shall return after this break.
0: You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. He's endlessly pushing the rock of reason up the hill of paranormal. It's Dr. Dim and you're listening to Dimland Radio on Z Talk Radio Network.
1: Hey everyone, this is Professor Dave. I want to teach you about all kinds of things regarding science. I want to tell you about physics. I want to tell you about chemistry, biology, astronomy, math, and many, many more things. Come check me out on YouTube. The channel is called Professor Dave Explains. Take it easy. He knows a lot about the science stuff. Professor Dave Explains.
0: station identification. You're listening to Ztalk Radio Network. Operating frequency on ztalkradio.com. pedantic moment. Yeah. This ought to be good.
1: Okay, and uh welcome back to the show. Oh boy, am I talking? Am I here? Yes, I am. Uh this is Dimland Radio on the Sea Talk Radio Network and I'm your host Jim Dr. Jim Fitzsimmons. Yes, as that sounder says, it is time for another pedantic moment. <clears throat> um do you guys know about the show I know I've mentioned this in the past. There's a British television show Wow, I've been talking about TV shows. intermixed in here. Uh, this one's not a sketch show like the Mitchell and Webb show or Mister Show. This one is one of those panel shows, and it's called QI. I know I've talked about it before on this on this show. Uh, and QI is uh, it stands for Quite Interesting, and it was originally hosted by Stephen Fry, who I adore. Uh, he's just an awesome wonderful man funny intelligent he's he's got that he's he's warm and uh, an inviting kind of a guy he he's he's that he's a mentor type uh he's a professor type you know it's it's just as smart but he's approachable and kind and he's all these wonderful things about him just a terrific guy um he's he hosts the show and he has a, a four panelists that come on and they try to be funny they talk about interesting things about history and literature and science and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, and the, 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 the deal is to try to get the correct answer, but it's more important to get an interesting answer when he asks certain questions and they t- have discussions and they have a little fun. And um, on YouTube, uh, they have the QI official YouTube channel that you can go to. And it, it doesn't have full shows. You, you can find some full shows on, on, the, on the YouTube, but not many. Uh, but they'll have these segments. They'll go like 10 minutes, 15 minutes, which will be best of segments or you know, related to a certain topic or things like that. Uh, after Stephen Fry left the show, one of the frequent guests on it, a woman named Stan, uh, Sandy Totsvig, she took over as host, and she brought her own special sense to the show. And she's great. So they, it just, they, they really nailed it with the hosts on that show. It's just really good. So on a Stephen Fry-hosted episode, they t- were talking about uh, interesting, or at least this YouTube video has a few interesting facts about America. And this particular fact is very sad. It's, it's, it's embarrassing. It's, embarrassing is not a strong enough word. It's deplorable. It's a shameful thing about the United States. Uh, the question he asked his panel, he says, where does one percent of American of the American population, where does where do they live? One percent of the American population where do they live. They live in prison. And uh, and he gave some more information about that and he gets to a point where he says, you know, this is the truly shameful part of it. Even more shameful part of it, which is one in nine uh, Af- African American males are in prison, and then he said this, which is what I get, uh, which is where my, you find my pedantry. He says, uh, 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 "Black folks under the uh, 17 years old, was black, uh, yeah, black 17 year olds in America, there are more in prison than in college." And this is where I, I wanted to have that special power to just, just put myself on the panel. Just, boom, I pop in there. I'm one of the panelists, because they do have some Americans on the show on occasion. And I pop in there and say, excuse me, uh, pardon me. I hit the little button they, put, they have in front of me so to play a little sounder, and, and and Stephen would call on me, and I'd say, um... I just wondering, you know, since I'm an American, uh, I was wondering what is what statistic did you guys find, uh, or is is that does that hold the same that as you know the, uh, black 17 year olds there are more of them in prison than there are in college does that hold up if you say black 18 year olds because in the United States most of the kids entering college. Are 18. Oh, sure, there are some that go in that are older, and yes, there are some that go in that are younger, but most of them are 18. My son will turn 18 over the summer in August. Astrologist, put your charts away. Uh, he will turn that at 18, and he's at the younger end of his class. His he's he's uh, you know his most of his friends have their birthdays before he does. They, they get to that next year before he gets to it. And his mother and I, we're at the other end. We have November birthdays. Again, astrologers, keep those charts away. Um, we're, we have November birthdays. So we are at the older end of the class. Um, because uh, most when school starts, when kindergarten starts... Most, the kids are supposed to be five, five years old, and they had become five years old, you know, earlier, much earlier in the year, and, you know, and so they're there. So we became, we got to be five just after school started, like like two months after school starts, we're five, so we go the next year. So we end up being in the older end of it. So I started college at 18, or art school at 18, and I turned 19 right away. Hayden will start. He'll be eighteen, and he'll turn nineteen in the the following summer. He'll be out of his first year. So, I I looked at that. I listened to that. And I thought, okay, there's there's not a lot of seventeen year olds in college. Could be wrong. But I, you know, I looked it up. What's the average age? And they said, well, the range is 17 to 18, but you can get 19-year-olds and 20-year-olds, 20 21 starting. Uh, but I think the 17-year-olds, the ones in there, are those kids that that skipped a grade earlier in their school career. I don't know how common that is anymore. Um, I, I'm just, I don't know. I, it might still be just as common as it used to be. So they but I don't, but I still think that. They're in the minority, and then you got some of those kids that are brilliant that start to go to college when they're 15 or 12 or something you know those 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 real genius type kids uh, they're going to college at super young maybe about 12 might be too young, but it's just it's just I feel sad for them because they're just really young, and it's got to be a weird feeling getting into college at that age. so I just you know it's just a, I just wonder, I just wonder how um, you know, how many 18 year old uh, African American kids uh, how they compare prison to college might be the same might be more in prison than in college might be I don't know but yeah I would have liked to have been on that panel so I could have asked that it's not true it's not true i am telling you
0: cause I'm up here in it's
1: not true, so there. Well, uh, I have not done and It's Not True for a long time. This, of course, comes off the uh, Facebook. Uh, there's a f- uh, Facebook friend of mine that likes to share this kind of stuff, and I'm const. well, not, I shouldn't say constantly, but I'm frequently putting up, you know, no, and then doing the research for the guy so that you know the truth is is posted uh he's not he's a trump supporter which is that's his choice fine you know you support insurrection you support the guy being king fine (laughs) i'm teasing but he posted something that uh it's an image it's a meme of uh of kamala harris Who's going to be our vice president soon? First woman vice president, first African American, uh, Asian descent vice president. Awesome. Uh, she's going to. It, it, so there's a picture uh, that's that's shared with this quote next to it. And you know what Abraham Lincoln said about believing quotes on the internet? That just are a picture with a quote next to it. You know, it's just like you know what he said. You shouldn't always believe them. Uh, this got put up. And it's, it's, it's her, it's a picture of her, and next to her is the t- quote that she supposedly said. And, and my friend was sharing this from somebody else, and the, the other person that posted wrote the words, Bring it! And then uh, uh, my friend said, Sounds like a threat to me! And what did she say? She said, And once Trump's gone, and we have regained our rightful place in the White House, look out if you supported him and endorsed his actions, because we'll be coming for you next. You will feel the vengeance of a nation. No stone will be left unturned as we seek you out in every corner of this great nation. For it is you who have betrayed us, Kamala Harris June 18, 2020 and underneath it says and yes she really really said that no she did not say that i po- i posted on there i said when i go online to when i go on to try to authenticate this uh, quote what percentage uh, do you think it will be uh, 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 what percentage of a chance will it be that uh, I find that this is bullshit. And then I did a couple minutes Googling, and I went back and I wrote 100%. And I started off with Snopes, and then I put up uh, Reuters, uh, AP News, uh, s- um, um, uh, FactCheck.org, I think I got that up there, uh, PolitiFact. This is bullshit. What it is, it's, it's from a, a, a satirical website called Troll and and so they it's either .org or .com I can't remember but it's a satirical website that just made this thing up and put it out there and people believe it. Take, you know just just take a couple minutes. Just verify it. Did she really say that? No she didn't. And you know in the interest of being bipartisan and maybe riling people up. I'm going to review some of the 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 it's not true type things that I talked about, about President Trump. It's not true that, uh, let's see, let's start with, uh, it's not true that President Trump stared at the sun during the eclipse. He did not stare, he glanced. If you look at a still picture taken from the video, it looks like he's staring. But if you watch the video, he glanced. Okay. And then it's also uh, he did not hold up the Bible upside down in that reprehensible, uh, horrible show of power over the protesters, the Black Lives Matter protesters that were outside the White House. He sent out the Capitol Police and had them tear gas the crowd that were protesting, but they were peaceful, tear, gra- tear gas the crowd, clear them out there so the president can go out and show how powerful he is, and then stand in front of some church and hold the Bible up for some photo op. And people have gone on to say, he held it upside down. No, he had it right side up. It has a little, it has that ribbon that is the, the placeholder or the bookmark. It has that ribbon that's, that's, that's sewn into the binding. Uh, it's, all the books that I've ever had like that, the, it's sewn on the top of the binding, not the bottom. And if you look at the Bible, you can see that the, the ribbon is hanging out the bottom of, of the way he's holding it, not hanging out the top. He didn't hold it upside down. He did not uh, mock a journalist's uh, a journalist's disability. He did not mock the journalist who... Ha- he, he He mocked a journalist who had a disability, but he wasn't mocking the disability. He, the thing is about that, he has a gesture that he makes when he's when he's talking about somebody being flustered. He makes a certain sound, vocalization. He makes a certain face, and he does things with his hands. And you catch the picture just right. It looks like he's you know he's forming the same way that the journalist's hand is is frozen. You know he's got his upper his arms kind of held up against his chest, and his hand is you know it's all kind of frozen right in that shape. And I, I truly believe that Trump didn't even know, didn't even remember the guy had a disability. And he was not making fun of the disability. He was mocking the reporter. How do I know that? Because there's plenty of video with him mocking bankers, generals, and Ted Cruz doing the same gesture. So unless the, the bankers, the generals, and Ted Cruz all have that same disability and they've been able to hide it, okay, I know that's a little more common. The most controversial one I'm going to say is he did not call mexicans rapists he said that mexicans mexico was not sending america their best people you know the 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 immigrants that were coming here uh undocumentedly or illegally however you want to say it uh they were not sending their best people they were sending criminals rapists and then he threw in there i'm sure some of the people are good too and that's a horrible thing to say. Don't get me wrong. It's a horrible thing to say. He's a terrible, terrible man. I'm not I'm, I'm not defending him. I'm defending the truth. He wasn't calling Mexicans rapists. But it just became shorthand for everything. It was shorthand that he sto- stared at the sun. Shorthand that he held the Bible upside down. Shorthand that he was mocking uh, the disability of a, of, a, of a journalist. And shorthand that he was calling Mexicans rapists. I, anytime I see that, I just go, God damn it. Just, no, be accurate. Be accurate. He's a horrible man. But anyway, all that and the fact that, uh, uh, or not the fact, the claim that Kamala Harris made that quote, well, none of that is true.
0: It's not true, it's not true. I'm telling you out
1: it's not true so there okay okay alright let's have a let's tell you a story uh, I did a deep dive on this well not too deep a dive but I did a dive in on this because uh, a friend of mine who was a Trump supporter oh god it's, I know it's the theme and I know I know it's he's going to be gone soon and we're we're in for a um, a nerve-wracking week to just see what happens. Uh, I don't think the numbers of the people that want—oh, who knows what's going to happen? You know, all 50 states, their capitals have been threatened. Uh, the FBI says that there's credible threats against all of them, in Washington D.C. and all this stuff. So we'll see what happens over the next few days, and with the inauguration day, which is just—you know—is. Is, Talk about, it. you know, this is the first, the first year with it, it's, uh, it's just horrible. Anyway, <laughs> but there, a friend of mine shared this image, these images that were showing all sorts of people crowded onto the, the, the Capitol grounds and on the steps of the Capitol and up on the, on the ledges and stuff on the Capitol. Uh, and this was from 1932. So there's a story I'm going to tell you. has a little bit of history. It's, it's about the Bonus Army. Now, as you may recall, early in the nineteenth or twentieth century, early in the twentieth uh, century, in, uh, in nineteen seventeen, the United States got involved in the First World War, or it was also called the Great War. And uh, when the war ended in nineteen eighteen, uh, the American you know, the veterans were coming home, and they found that their their that they had fallen behind the men that didn't go, as far as their work. They, they, they there were people that had uh, disabilities from the war and couldn't do the work, and there were those that went back to work, but they weren't, you know, they were they were behind in, in the money that they could make, uh, in their skills and all that kind of stuff. It was a hard time for these guys. Uh, there wasn't really any thought about how to reintegrate these guys into the, into the world, uh, coming home from war, and so. Um, they started pushing for some help from government. Um, And Congress in 1924 uh, granted uh, what they called the adjusted universal compensation. And this was uh, uh, money to be given to these fellows to make up the difference from uh, missing out on work Time, uh, you know, wages lost, and falling behind in their wages and that kind of stuff to make up for that, and it would amount to you know a six hundred dollar payment or to a thousand dollar payment depending uh, for these veterans for each of these veterans, and and back in in nineteen twenty four that was. Some pretty good money. Uh, Six hundred dollars in today's money is eleven thousand three hundred thirty-five dollars. Uh, the thousand dollars is uh, just under nineteen. Uh, no, uh, just under eighteen thousand nine hundred dollars. Just under that. So that's a fair chunk of money. However, the catch was they couldn't get that money until nineteen forty-five. is one these guys would get the money, or if the di- if they had died, then their family could get the money. Uh, <clears throat> so uh let's see uh, the the guys i'm sure looked at it that the veterans looked at it as well could use the money now but that's kind of a nice nest egg it's nice to know that coming up in 1945 we're going to get this chunk of money that'll be, that'll be really helpful uh so and it'll be cool, cool back then uh, up then but something happened in between 1924 and 1945 and that was in 1929 the stock market crashed ushering in the Great Depression. The whole world was plunged in the Great Depression. America was no exception. Uh, in 1932, 25% of uh, the workforce was unemployed. Uh, so a bill was introduced to get these veterans their this this money early. Now, uh, it, as I said, it was called the Adjusted Universal Compensation. Uh, detractors of it just called it a bonus, like it, like it was supposed to be extra. But no, it was... It was meant to make up for uh, difficulties of reintegrating into society. Uh, but they you know, but bonus was passed around, you know bandied around. Some fellow named uh, Walter uh, Walter Water, or Walter Waters, I think it's water. He was a sergeant in the war. Uh, he came home and he, he, you know, depression hits. He doesn't have a job or he's having a hard time finding work and he's with other veterans. And he's noticing that lobbying, the government kind of gets things done. And there's lobby groups and he's, there wasn't a lobby group for these guys. So he decided, you know what we should do, fellas? We should we should go to Washington and pressure those those you know pinheads in Congress to get us some money. Get us the money now. We need the money now. We don't need it in 1945. We need it now. And so he and about 300 other guys uh, from his area, they, they started working their way out to Washington, D.C. Uh, apparently, there was already about like 25 veterans from Tennessee that were in Washington, D.C., driving around in a truck that was asking to, let's get this money now instead of waiting for 1945. And the word got out that Walter and his buddies were coming out his uh, fellow veterans were coming, so other veterans from around the country started coming out there with their families and 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 such, and just heading to Washington D.C. Um, the the uh, Walters guys they called themselves the Bonus Expedition uh, Expeditionary Force, which was a takeoff of the American Expeditionary Force, which is what the uh, forces were called that went to World War One, and uh, but then they started being called the bonus army. So they began to show up in Washington DC. There was a police chief in Washington DC named Pelham uh, Glassford and he was a brigadier general in World War 1 and he was sympathetic to these guys but you know you got to have law and order <laughs> in the city. Um there had been a defense plan against uh, uh, civil uh, unrest, a revolution in Washington, D.C. that included tanks, uh, machine guns, and gas. You know, Because World, World War I, they used gas in that war. Uh, but this was probably more like tear gas than mustard gas. Uh, the army was there to meet the bonus army when it got there. It was 10,000 plus showed up, and they took residence in a 10th city that they created. They built the city and they organized it. They had streets in there uh, that that were named for the states that the vets had come from. Uh, they even had a library. I think the Salvation Army brought in a, a library for them, and they would have uh, in the evenings. They would entertain themselves with uh, sing-alongs and and shows like that. Uh, uh, choir, you know, gospel choirs and uh, folk music and such. Um, and something unusual was happening in. And nice was happening within this tent city. The races were segregating. In, in the war, uh, you know, white and white and black soldiers would not fight alongside each other. Uh, there was there were some black soldiers that joined the uh, French forces and fought alongside white Frenchmen, but they couldn't with the Americans. So they were segregated. And when these guys were getting together in this tent city, they they found themselves desegregating. And the army and the powers that be thought that's not a good idea. We we can't have this happening here. So this is in 1932. Um, After a couple of weeks being out there, the House of Representatives passed a bill pretty quickly that, that would allow that money to be given to them right away to not wait to 1945. But the Senate was going to be a harder nut to crack. Uh, on June 17th, 1932, uh, the, the, the fellows gathered outside the Capitol, uh, thousands of them, and that's where you see them sitting on the steps and sitting on the uh, you know outcroppings of the building and all over the grounds and standing and, and looking, and they were demanding you know you know, so, vets are starving your soldiers are starving you know we need need this money, as they were trying to cajole the Senate into passing the bill. The Senate rejected it, and when the news got out. It was somebody suggested they should sing the song America, and so the whole group of them sang the song America, and then they dispersed from the Capitol, and they went back to Tenth City. Now, the president at the time was Herbert Hoover, and he wasn't too happy about this. Uh, and so they he was thinking that they would need to, you know, let's get these guys out of here. On July 16th, at midnight, uh, the... Uh, Hoover had, uh, well I don't know if it was at midnight, but uh, Hoover had ordered the forced evacuation of that tenth city. There were still close to uh, uh, 12,000 people there. Um, this, it was the police that went in on July 28th to begin to force them out. And uh, there was resistance, fighting. Uh, two of the veterans were shot and killed by the police. Then the troops came in. They came in on horseback and on foot, uh, and, and with tanks. And they used uh, gas grenades and bayonets. There weren't any. There wasn't any more loss of life, as far as I could find. Uh, and most of them left, but there were still uh, some kind of hanging on. And then eventually the troops—they uh, were supposed to push them out into this particular area, uh, push them away. At, but and, you know to this beyond this bridge. And Douglas MacArthur was the fellow in charge of all this. He was ordered that you know just get him that far, but he he did not follow orders. He went he went even farther, pushing them and pushing them, and the tent city was set up on fire. It set on fire, and and this did not sit well with the public. Uh, Herbert Hoover was already not very popular, uh, and, and this did not help his popularity at all. And he blamed these guys. You know they were communists. Call them commies, and uh, you know, so it just what ended up happening in 1936 um, pres- you know in the meantime uh, in 1930 uh, FDR won the presidency from Herbert Hoover and then in 1936 um, th- another bill passed this time it passed both houses to give these guys their money. Uh, it was vetoed veto- by uh, Roosevelt. But they had enough votes in Congress to override the veto. So the men got their money. Uh, there's, it, I watched, I'll get all, all this information. There's a PBS documentary where I got all this, most of this information from. I'll link to it on the show notes. And there was a fellow down there that they were talking to whose father was one of the veterans. And he, went, he and his brother went along with their dad to this, this whole thing. And so when his dad got the money, he got $700, which in 1936 is something like $12,000. I mean that's a good amount of money, uh, and this this whole episode uh, helped lead to uh, you know FDR thinking about it and Congress thinking about it at, about how do we deal with with veterans coming home from war because World War II was starting to show up, and so during the course of the of the war they were thinking how do we deal with this and that's when the GI Bill was come up uh, came up with and. Uh, um, in 1944, signed in there, and so when the fellows got home, came home from war, they had college paid for, or they helped you know buy houses, and they helped it helped usher usher in a, a, a prosperity, and a middle class uh, for these guys to help reintegrate them into society. So there was some good stuff that happened out of it, but. I bring that up because it was shared by somebody that was saying, well, you know, this wasn't the only, this, you know, 1814 wasn't the, the only other time that the Capitol was stormed by people. Well, the Capitol wasn't stormed by these guys. They they, they sat all over the steps. They, they made their presence known, but they didn't storm the Capitol. They didn't threaten the lives of Congress people. They wanted their compensation. They needed it. They needed it now. And that's what they did. So it's not exactly analogous. Okay, wow, I've gone long on this show this week. (laughs) What can I say? Uh, It's just, you know, stuff to say. So let's see uh, what kind of a week we've got coming up.
0: Good night, our Doctor. Good night, Frau Blucher.
1: Yeah, be skeptical. And extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. Wear your mask. Keep your distance. Wash your hands. Avoid groups. There's a more virulent strain out there. It's just it's just easier to catch. It doesn't seem like it's more de- deadly, but you know the vaccine. Hopefully, will be around sooner or later. You've been listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network, and I hope America's still here when I do a show next week. And I'll see you next week. Remember, sleep the lights off.
0: Has been a production of the Z Talk Radio Network. And now a message to our competitors. Thanks, thanks for, for tuning us in. in. Well,
1: well, I'm going, I'm going, to, going to hell. hell.